Joining us now, TSN reporter, it is Farhan Lalchi, live from Regina at the airport. Farhan, thank you so much for taking time to review that crazy Grey Cup. Yeah, Matt, no problem at all. In fact, I'm, I'm leaving the hotel right now. We're staying at the Argos Hotel, so at the, oh. they're leaving around the same time here, too. So we're kind of getting residual effects of the end of the party for the Argos. So fun, fun hotel lobby right now. Oh, my God, that must be. It must reek of booze, success, and satisfaction. Let's start here. You've covered a lot of football games in your career. How high do you rank that fourth quarter? And, again, the Argonauts beat the Blue Bombers 24-23, a fourth quarter that had a, a record punt return a length touchdown, interceptions, block kicks, backup quarterbacks. That fourth quarter was nuts. Yeah, it was incredible. I, you know, just there was a moment in the third quarter where uh, Zach Kolaris completed it. He scrambled to his left on second and long, and he completed a 23-yard pass to Dalton Schoen, right? Yep. And I thought to myself in that moment that, okay, that's the turning point in the game, right? And they need to get that going. You know, like, uh, Winnipeg's not going to turn back now, right? They just uh, – Argos took their lead. Winnipeg came back and took the lead back, and then they got to stop, and then they got the ball back. So – I, I thought that was it, right? Because that's how these games go. And there's so you know, momentum turns and, uh, and the bombers just kind of know that moment. They know how to put things away. And like from that point on, there were probably 10 more momentum swings, right? From uh, the Robbie Smith, three moments, you know, right there back to back where he had the sack, the face mask, then the block kick, Brandon Banks penalty. Like there were just so many moments that you thought were going to change that game. Um, like you were watching that fourth quarter. You couldn't have asked for more entertainment. I mean, heck, there were two blocked field goals in the CFL this season, and then there were two in the fourth quarter of the Grey Cup. Oh my God! I didn't even think about it from uh, from that perspective. That is that's one hundred percent right. Um, when when Chad Kelly came in, it felt like it was over then. And then that twenty yard run from him on second and fifteen, yet one of the many plays no one could have expected. Yeah, no, you're right. You know, like when when he came in, we were all kind of wondering what had happened because we didn't see the obvious play where he got hurt. We just thought, you know, the, the yeah. offense hasn't been crazy effective. You know, maybe they're just rolling the dice and pulling him. But had they pulled him, you know he would have snapped. And so we were we, – I'm looking for the moment on the sideline thinking, why is he not snapping? And and that wasn't happening, right? And then all of a sudden we see him throw and uh, saw that, you know, he was starting to get taped on his thumb and everything, and you realize that there was an injury. And, you know, like there's a lot of excitement around Chad Kelly and the organization, and that would probably have only cemented it, right, because – there's certainly a lot of belief that McLeod um, uh, Bethel Thompson has played his last game. So, yeah, for him to rise up and live in that moment, I, you know, that's only going to solidify his future in this league if he wants one. Yeah, you know, incredible. A guy who, you know, has beaten Alabama and now played a part in the Argonauts thwarting Winnipeg from getting that three-peat. I think both these things can be true, Farhan. I'm curious your thoughts. The Winnipeg Blue Bombers were the best team of the 2022 season, but the Argonauts were the best team yesterday. I like just the numbers wise and everything else. It, it felt like this was a game they deserved to win. They Caleros threw a couple passes that were dropped that could have been intercepted. So I thought the right team won on Sunday, even if the better team over the whole season was still Winnipeg. But just curious your thoughts. Yeah, you know, I don't disagree. And I don't know that Toronto played significantly better than, than Winnipeg. Not significantly, uh, but, they, but I thought they were yeah, a slightly they, better team. Yeah, I think so. I mean, they certainly weren't worse, right? I, I would agree with you there. But, like, when you look at what Toronto did, um, they wound up with, you know, they gave up a kick return touchdown. They gave up a blocked field goal. They 
had their backup quarterback in. They took more than double the amount of penalties and yardage that the Bombers did, and you know, including that undisciplined Speedy Banks penalty, and yet they won. Like, who does that? Who gives up a kick return touchdown, has the kick blocked, plays their backup quarterback, and still wins a football game, right? Um, yeah. So it, was, it was crazy that it happened the way it did for them. And, you know, the other thing with the Bombers is, is that they have always been able to win with their B game. Right. I mean, you look at last week's game against the Lions and Zach Hilaris wasn't awesome. Right. I mean, he threw the one pick in the end zone. They had to run the football more. Um, they did that all season long where one side of the team just wasn't great. And the other side of the team just kind of kept them in it. Right. And so this is the one time one team was able to make him pay for it. Right. And yeah, you're right. Toronto was the better team. There was no fluke in that. They deserved to win. There was a, a moment in that game where um, they left uh, – Dakota Prukop in. So we're, we're talking fourth quarter. They had finally had a big run. It was, I think they had a 13-yard run to get a first down with Brady Oliveira. And then he put Dakota Prukop in the game, and they took a shot. And yeah, I know that Buck Pierce got criticism for it. And I think one of the reasons they did that is they just wanted, they wanted to get a spark. And Buck, Buck and I actually talked about that type of play in the week because it was kind of the same way Paul Apolis in 2019 used Chris Strebler, right? When he had a quarterback that he didn't necessarily want to push in the run game with Zach Hilaris back then coming off concussions, this time coming off an ankle, and now you can have a changeup, and you would have assumed that as soon as they did that, the Argos would have been up, and they would have been trying to defend the run first, some sort of quarterback zone read option game or quarterback counters that they've done, and they didn't, right? So it was like Corey Mace in his first great cup as a defensive coordinator won that coaching moment, right? And, uh, you know, I, I don't criticize Buck Pierce and maybe Dakota Prukop forced it a little bit, but how about giving some credit to the Argos for not overcommitting to the run in that moment when every reason would have taken you to do that, right? So, um, yeah, you're right. Like I, th- I truly thought the biggest mismatch in this game was the coaching mismatch, and the Argos proved me otherwise. Yeah, and uh, it was a bit of a forced pass, but you're right. Give credit to the Argonauts secondary, to Shaq Richardson, and to a defense that held Winnipeg to 286 yards. Argos had two interceptions and four sacks. And again, Winnipeg is, was one of the best teams, was the, historically good at converting on second down. They weren't able to do it. Uh, we're joined by Farhan Lodge live from the Argonauts Hotel in Regina. And Farhan, from the, taking the football, uh, just the X's and O's to the side, I'm not going to lie to you. I was watching this game, and I was I was getting all choked up. And I'm curious your thoughts. Like, just seeing Hinoch Mwamba in tears, seeing him with his daughter, and then from a personal level, seeing Darren Titian and everything he's gone through, to be him on that stage presenting Mwamba with the award, I, I'm not going to lie to you. That's one of the most emotional moments I've seen in the CFL in ages. Yeah, it was pretty cool, right? I mean, uh, Enoch and his daughter was fantastic. The guy played in the Great Cup in his rookie season while a member of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, and for him to you know, then have to wait until this point, 11 years later, to get another shot at it and you know, to get it right and you know, to win the awards, which is another weird thing. Like, look, I love Enoch, but three tackles and one interception, and he won two awards, right? Uh, so it was a great moment for him and just that much emotion. And, you know, there was even you know, Andrew Harris, who's had his fair share of great moments, in this league, yep. having his daughter there thinking it was going to be his last game. As far as Dutchie's concerned, I, I had my Dutchie emotional moment the first day I saw him on Sports Center again, back from, from his illness. So that was cool to see. Yeah. And like Dutchie, 
missed the the opening of the show because he was he was back preparing and didn't know he was supposed to be on. So I know he was a little upset at that, but then he had so much fun with it once he got back on. And we had the same moment, Naylor and I, that kind of caught us up in the stands. We were stuck at the elevator, and then we were running down to get to our location during the pregame show. And wouldn't you know it, one of our 52 cameras caught the shot, and they showed us, same as they showed Dutchie kind of running running down to get on set. So uh, not the emotional moment of Enoch, but, uh, you know, Dutchie and I laughed about that after for sure. Oh, listen, I mean, first off, congrats to you, to Naylor, to everyone on air and behind the scenes. When you do that many hours of live TV coverage, things are going to happen. Uh, but I think in the end, unless you're a Bombers fan looking for uh, looking for the dynasty, I think if you're the CFL or if you're a CFL fan, you had to be happy with the way that season ended because early in the game, we had no idea what was in store for us by the end. Yeah, I mean, look, change is good, and, and I don't – feel the same way like I know there were there were a lot of people that really were saying anybody but Winnipeg or at least that's the narrative the Bombers tried to give and you know I think about Super Bowls when we all as a media want anybody but the Patriots right and that's generally because you know Bill Belichick is just an ass to deal with uh so yes. but Michael Shea's not like that like, he may not give you much but he's a nice guy you know he, he's not a bad human being that way and you know, and, and they, like Zach Caleros and Adam Big Hill, and there's so many guys in that Winnipeg group that are that are great. But but change is good. It's just it's ironic that you know it happens in the market where we just we just needed to get bigger and we needed to get better. And and it you know whenever they win a great cup, it doesn't necessarily light a spark. And hopefully it can this time because you know I I don't know that the folks in Toronto necessarily appreciate how good that franchise is relative to the other teams in that marketplace. And hopefully at some point they get on board and we can get a bit of an uptick in Toronto. And if this can help do that, it was great. It really was. And as I was joking on Twitter, Maple Leafs hire pinball Clemens right, right? now. Yes. A hundred percent. Hey, Farhan, thank you so much. I know how crazy busy you are and how crazy busy you've been the last couple of days. So I appreciate the time and the perspective, all the best and have a safe flight home. Thanks, Matt. All the best to you, too.